Welcome to the Food, Peace, Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Ag Quality Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize that there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now let's get this party started. Today on Food Peace Please podcast, we have a really incredible guest joining us. I am so delighted to introduce you to Daisy Galepsi. Daisy is a personal stylist who intuitively guides her clients to discover what they feel best in. She helps them let go of the external messages they've been given about what they should wear and get to the heart of what makes them feel uncomfortable in their clothes. Through their work building a functional wardrobe, Daisy's clients make a mindset shift from thinking they need to wear what's flattering to unapologetically taking up space in the world. After a lifetime of jobs and high-stress careers that didn't suit her highly sensitive, introverted personality, Daisy started Mindful Closet in 2013 in an attempt to create a more emotionally sustainable lifestyle. She has two boys, ages three and seven, and a husband she adores who is well aware of her mental load. You can find Daisy at mindfulcloset.com or makingspacecourse.com. I highly encourage you to check out her website and you're going to feel even more inclined to do so when you're done listening to today's incredible episode. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Food Peace Please podcast. I am Dying with excitement right now because Susan and I have Daisy here. And as I just introduced, she is an amazing personal stylist. But Daisy, why don't you just like let folks know um, anything you want to share um, about your background before we dive in today's, into today's interview? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, um, I am a personal stylist, although I'm always looking for a new term that might explain a little bit more about what I do, kind of similar with nutritionists. I think, you know, it's like you want to have that intuitive eating in front of it. So, you know, it's just delineated a little bit um, because I don't follow all the typical rules of of traditional personal styling. But um, I love what I do. Um, It's it's amazing that I get to do this. I live in the Midwest. I'm in St. Louis and I'm married and I have two little boys Um, and that that's a huge part of my life, just trying to manage manage them and the rest of life outside of work. So um, that's kind of how I spend my time. That's awesome. I love that so much. So like how has being a mother, I guess, impacted like maybe your journey in terms of like how you've decided to to become a personal stylist in this intuitive eating, body-changing space? Hmm. That's such a good question. I think um, I think that I was kind of shoved into the space a little bit by the fact that every time I met with a client, she had similar kind of distress about her body and her body changing. Um, And so that really truly is when I started this business nine years ago in 2013, um, it wasn't my intention in the beginning, but it just kept coming up over and over and over. Um, And I was like, this is 
horrible. We, you know, we can't all be just feeling this way. We've got to be able to shift our mindset around that. So that's really where it started for me. And then I will say that having kids um, just gave me the lived experience. Not, not that I have the lived experience of all of my clients. I'm a, I'm in a straight size body, but just having these drastic changes happen to my body and feeling the discomfort of that, um, having to buy new wardrobes multiple times, not just for maternity, but you know, for shifts. I mean, my body has been shifting a lot over the last two years and I haven't had a child for four years. So, you know, bodies are, are always changing and, um, it's definitely, it's definitely been something that I have been living through and experiencing. And I feel like that gives me a little bit of that camaraderie with, with the clients that I work with. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I'm not a mother myself, but, um, a lot of my clients when I'm working with them and they're on this food freedom journey and they're no longer controlling and restricting their food to control their body, their body changes. Right. And I'm sure Susan, you find that too in, in your space, your clients struggling with their body changing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, so many people struggle with like when they start to do fertility treatments that their bodies start to change. Like, um, and a lot of it, I think, just comes from like the hormones. And particularly, I see it like for women um, that have done like IVF and things like that. And in fact, like, I do have people message me about it because then they end up feeling like, oh, my body's changing. I've gained weight. I don't look good. I don't feel comfortable in my body. And now, unfortunately, like they're not pregnant. And for some reason, I shouldn't say some reason. I understand why there's this attachment to like, if you're pregnant, it's okay. But if you're not pregnant, then it doesn't feel okay. And so our society is like turned into this, like, it's okay when you're pregnant, but then when you're not, whether that's because it isn't working or because you're postpartum, you feel like bad about it. Yeah. Isn't that so interesting? Like there's this like one golden time when your body is allowed to change. And like, Daisy, I know that's a big part of your practice and what you preach is, well, Daisy, are our bodies supposed to stay the same for our entire life? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that's the message we're given, right? And I see it literally play out in people's closets, just this, um, this reluctance to let go of clothes from a previous self, a previous body, a previous life. Um, and, and I think it is really important to acknowledge that it's not just mothers who, whose bodies change, right? It really is all women and it's completely normal and biological. Um, and so I really like that point that you're making, Susan, is like, it is, it seems like it's, it's acceptable if and when you're pregnant, but then you better get right back to where you used to be. Um, and, you know, and if you haven't had a child, well, what's your, you know, what's the reason that doesn't make sense? And like I said, I've been experiencing personally these body changes that have had nothing to do with childbirth necessarily. I do think they probably have something to do with hormones, but, um, you know, it's just we're, we're just really given this this ideal scenario that we should all conform to, which is that you fit into a certain size when you graduate college and you should continue to wear those clothes for the next 60 years. And it's just not realistic. And I feel like there's like all this time and energy that people will dedicate to how do I get 
my body back to looking the way I looked when I was 18 or 20 or whatever, whatever the age is when you have the ideal body in your mind, quote unquote. And it's kind of like, you know, what we wanted to invite Daisy here today to discuss was, hey, when you find food freedom, there is so much about your life that expands and evolves and opens up. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. However, at the same time, we want to hold space for the fact that trying on new clothes in your new body can be quite triggering. And that triggering experience alone, I know in my practice, is enough to send people spiraling back into dieting. So Daisy, how do we help our clients? How do we help the listener make this act of trying to fit new new clothes on their new body less less scary, less triggering? Yeah. I mean, I think it always starts with that awareness that that it is something new and different and new and different is often scary and often um, brings up some grief. Um, I know we've talked about that before, Serena, but, um, you know, I think it's better to acknowledge that and give yourself some time to adjust to this new change rather than just pushing yourself to be okay with it right away. I mean, that's really like the, the very beginning steps. Um, and then I think it's just, it's a really beautiful way to treat your body well, to buy clothes that fits, that fit it in its current state, but it can be really hard. Um, and I think there's a lot of ways to make that a more calming and less anxiety provoking situation. Um, you know, some of those are to really just prepare yourself for what you're getting into, you know, to not really rush into it, to make sure that if you are going to go on and go out and try on new clothes that you give yourself the time and space to allow for the feelings that will come up and processing those after knowing that you're not just going to fit this in as an errand kind of in between two other things. Um, if you're doing online ordering and, and bringing the dressing room to you, as I often say, which I think is a great idea, um, you know, block out that time. And again, take care of yourself around this time of trying on clothes, maybe set aside a couple of hours instead of just kind of ripping into each thing as it, uh, you know, comes into your house and trying it on and getting that kind of jolt of discomfort every time you open something new, maybe just plan out a couple of hours, make sure that you are well fed and well rested and well hydrated and all of those things. Um, because you want to, you know, that going into this, it's going to be hard. And so you want to make sure that you are as well taken care of as you can be. Um, so that's, that's a little bit of kind of the mental, I think the mental approach towards, towards this process. So it's basically, it's like normalizing the fact that this is hard for everyone. Like no matter, you know, and, and I think, I think Daisy, like, can you kind of call to the fact that like you had mentioned earlier, you're in a straight size body. So what does that mean? And how do we kind of apply that advice for women who are in different bodies or marginalized bodies or body sizes across the spectrum? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm in a, a straight size, which means it's basically the sizes that stores mostly carry in store. If you walk into a store, you're, you're um, usually able to find sizes something like 2 through 12 or, or 0 through 14, something like that. And then above that um, is generally considered plus sizes, and then there's extended plus. Um, and the thing is that I always want people to have realistic expectations when they go into the shopping process. And I feel like that's a really big thing to manage because 
many of us think that we should be able to try on 10 things and eight or nine or 10 of them will work. And it's absolutely not true for anyone. And I've been doing this, like I said, for nine years, I've worked with hundreds of women. The normal rate of return for uh, the items you're going to try on and then return is nine out of 10. You're gonna return nine out of 10 items. So just knowing going in that if one out of 10 works for you, you're kind of at the baseline average for most women again, like sets you up for knowing that this is about the clothes. It's not about your body. It's not about you being wrong. Um, and it's a normal expectation and not something to beat yourself up about. Then I want to add that if you, the further you go up on that size chart, the harder it is, the fewer options there are. And so you have to allow for that as well. It's, it's an unfortunate situation because as we all know, like the majority of women are what's considered, um, you know, around size 14 or 16 um, in this country. Um, yet some minuscule amount of clothes are made in that size and up. And so it really doesn't align with reality, unfortunately. But just having the expectation, knowing, again, it's not about you. It's about this kind of messed up system, this messed up system of fashion that's part of diet culture that is trying to indoctrinate you into thinking that you need to change your body. Um, those are all things working against you, and it's not your body, and it's not you. Yeah, I love that. That like really resonates with me. I remember reading something about like clothing sizes and maybe you can comment on this a little bit, but I remember reading something that was talking about how clothing sizes are so arbitrary and how each individual brand like basically has an one ideal client, like one ideal person that wears their clothes. And so the sizing is based around that one person. Is that kind of what you know to be true? Yeah, I do know that to be true. And a lot of that is through my friend Virginia Soul Smith's um, research into um, her quest for jeans. She was a client of mine. And then after we finished, uh, we wrapped up working together, she went out on this quest for jeans that fit. And in the process, she did all this research um, about how pants are designed. And it was mind blowing. And, and you're exactly right. Like they will have one fit model generally, um, but even even worse than just that, what they'll do is they'll create proportions on a computer or somewhere. Then they'll go out and find the fit model who fits the proportions that they came up with on their computer, you know, away from any human bodies. And then they go to try and find the one human that will match those. And then the rest of us are supposed to fit into what fit this, this one person. So it really is, um, it's arbitrary, it's infuriating, it's frustrating, it's not something quite honestly, that I think men would put up with. I think it's like, you know, a, a part of the patriarchy that this is something that can't be standardized and that brands are really taking advantage of uh, women with. It's, it's, it, it kind of makes me really mad, <laughs> as you can tell. Yeah, I feel like I, this is like, so this is my second time hearing Daisy talk about this because uh, she, I had the honor of having her as a IG live guest. So the first time she heard, I heard this, I was like mind blown, like jaw on the floor, like shocked. And, you know, all I can think about is like how there are so many times in history where now in the modern day, we look back and we're like, wait, what? Women like couldn't take out a credit card on their own until like 1970, what, whatever, right? And like to us, we're like, that's that's barbaric. That's insane. But back then it was 
like it was normalized, right? And so that's all I can like try and make myself feel better in saying like all of these insane like standards that we have around fashion that make zero sense. Like Daisy just said, most women fit in that 14 plus size. And yet that is when sizing starts to become more difficult um, to find in stores. That makes no sense. And it, like, I'm not even making sense right now. I'm just like, no, it makes no sense. And it's, and it's leaving, it's just not even good business sense. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's leaving tons of, of dollars on the, I mean, I can't tell you how many I'm looking for those things all the time. And I know there's so many women out there looking for those things. Um, and so it really truly is just a remnant, not a remnant. I mean, it's a, still a fat phobic industry, but it's part of the fat phobia of the fashion industry that we, uh, not we, that brands don't want to make clothes in larger sizes because maybe they don't think that those people should be able to wear cute clothes. I don't know, but it's, it's really, um, it's messed up. I think like you, Serena, I'm hoping that in 50 years we'll look back and be like, well, that was ridiculous. <laughs> um, but it certainly makes life hard for, for women right now. And just to, you know, bring it back to like this idea of shopping again, just having this concept and this awareness, um, to know that it's the system, it's not you, um, hopefully just gives you a little bit of mental preparation for the unfortunate difficulty you're going to run into when you're finding new clothes for your new body. Yeah. I, it, I talk to clients about this a lot and I think one of the biggest things that I hear is just like how difficult it is to like kind of like work past that. And I and I know we've talked about like some of like, you know, giving yourself like that space and that time and being realistic. Like I think those are really good tips. But are there are there other things that you kind of use with your clients that help them kind of navigate this feeling of like maybe needing a different size or finding clothes that like actually make them feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think again, it's about this like kind of game of numbers, and so most people are not trying enough things on. Um, most people are really, you know, ordering two or three things, and if those two or three things don't work out, they feel defeated and they give up, which I completely understand because it's such a you know, just a dejecting kind of experience to be like, well, I tried, I put myself out there, I tried this new size and nothing worked and I give up. Um, so I completely understand that. Um, my advice is always to, again, I'm, I am a big proponent of shopping online because for one thing, there's usually more stock available. Um, if you go into a store, often there's not going to be um, many sizes available since the pandemic, even in straight sizes, there aren't a ton of items available in stores. Um, and so giving yourself the best possible starting place is to be ordering a bunch of items, to order those items in multiple sizes. You can look at the size charts and try and kind of ballpark your way into what size you're going to be on a certain site or a certain brand, but you're going to, they're arbitrary and they're not going to always line up. And so I always, always recommend ordering two sizes. Um, I recommend trying with the larger size first. You know, if you're getting multiple sizes, try the, try the larger one on first. If you have to go down, no problem. It does feel worse when you have to go up a size. Um, and then again, just having this, you know, this idea that, um, the more things you try, the more things are going to work out. Um, you know, 
those are some of the things that I think are helpful. When, when I do a shopping session with a client, we're trying 40 or 50 things at a time at minimum. Um, and we're, and we're lucky if, you know, four or five work out. It kind of sounds like dating, right? It's like (laughs) for, for those who don't like meet their match, maybe like in high school or college, it's like, I had to date a lot of people in order to find my fiance, right? And it sucked. Like it was horrible. But like the only way to do it was to keep meeting new people. And, you know, I, I think it's just this idea of like we we like watch movies like Clueless where like they walk into the mall and they buy 3,000 outfits and then they walk out and they're in the best mood ever. And we just haven't normalized the fact that like, yeah, this is also a game of numbers, like dating, like where you have to like date like a bunch of cruddy people in order to find like the person you want to be with. And I think that's like so smart, Daisy, to like set it up in that manner. Like, I think something I'm also really interested in because you're a stylist is how fashion is like intersected with your identity. Because I think Mm -hmm. that's something I hear a lot is like, oh, I can't fit into these clothing, this clothing anymore. So now I'm not cute or I'm not sexy or it doesn't feel like me. And how do you navigate that with, with your clients? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I mean, when I'm working with clients, the very first thing that we do before we even start talking about actually shopping is to define their style. So we do a ton of work around figuring out um, – for one thing, it kind of acknowledging what messages they've had throughout their life um, about their clothes and how that related to their worth. Um, and this is something I'm personally trying to break down a lot uh, for myself as well. Um, you know, I always got attention for wearing cute clothes or I got attention for my smaller body um, and I got validation from that. And now that that's gone, am I the same person? Am I as worthy as I was before when I was getting that validation? Um, So we always start there. I call that style stories. Like, let's just talk about like over the course of your life, what is your relationship to clothes been like? Um, And then we collect a lot of visual inspiration and we create kind of a mood board on Pinterest. Um, And so I think one thing for women to remember is that just as your body changes, your style changes too. You know, we kind of feel like we should pick a style and stick to it. Like I'm American classic or I'm like, French bohemian or whatever it is. And I have to stick with that for the rest of my life. And that's constantly evolving, just like everything else in our lives is. So um, I think kind of establishing that without relating it to your body is really important. So it's this idea of finding these looks in visual representation, but not censoring yourself based on what you think is available for you or and I'll just give you, you know, I'm sure we've all done this, but you know, you see something that looks really cute and you say, well, but I couldn't wear that. I couldn't pull that off. That wouldn't work on me. I would have nowhere to wear that on and on and on. And so what I find really important is to try to find what you're drawn to without those negative filters going on in your head. Um, And it's tough. Um, And definitely a lot of people, especially, you know, um, after you've gone through this, this, incredibly hard change of becoming a mother, our identities are kind of a mess. I mean, we really have become a a new person in a lot of ways. Um, And so finding that style that feels like you can be something that leads you back to feeling more like yourself. I love that. I think think that's one of the bigger things that in the food freedom journey happens. Like 
and maybe you like see this too when you're working with clients that like people like the food freedom journey like brings you back to yourself and like puts you back in your power and allows you to like feel so much more like honestly I, I I'm gonna say in control even though I don't like those words um but it, I think it's more the power aspect like it brings you back to yourself and rather than like relying on all of these external rules and factors to dictate like how you should eat and what you should look like. And then I think when like your body has like changes associated with that and now like the clothes that used to fit no longer fit or maybe they just don't align with where you are anymore in your life. Like having a change in what type of like clothes you're wearing in your wardrobe, like it can really help you like re-identify like because I think you are a new person after you found like freedom with food and you're kind of getting away from diet culture. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love that. That's one of my, I mean, ever since I found intuitive eating as a concept, I just have loved it because there are so many overlaps with the way that I try and approach what I do. And there, what you said is exactly one of those overlaps, which is let's look at all the messages we've been given about what we should wear based on our bodies, right? And it's the same thing with food. It's like, what have we been told we have to eat? Um, you know, and how do we have to try and conform in a certain way, either with changing our bodies based, you know, using food to change our bodies or with trying to use fashion to kind of create optical illusions or different things or to fit with certain trends. Um, and I do feel like it is really, a, it's, it's just both of these things, intuitive eating and and the way I approach style are both ways of trying to listen to yourself and listen to what you want and what you need. And we're so, especially as, as people socialize as females in this culture, we are so conditioned to not listen to our own needs. Um, and so I find this almost just like an exercise that you can do to try and connect more back to that. It's something I've had to do. I have had a horrible time. I've been a people pleaser. I've, you know, like really tried to um, intuit what other people wanted and needed um, without considering what I really needed. Um, so it's, yeah, it's an ongoing journey, but uh, honestly, I mean, it sounds cheesy to say so, but figuring out what I wanted to wear helped in that. You gave me, both of you just gave me goosebumps. Like I have a literal like electric going up my spine. Like Susan's right. Like this is us claiming back our power, claiming our identity, claiming what makes us happy rather than just like shrinking ourselves down and shrinking our life to confine to some diet rules or looking a certain way. And like, absolutely, Daisy, I think that's why this is such a like raw part of the grief process for people as they're buying clothes is it's it's like the, maybe the first time in a long time or ever where people get to make choices based on like what helps them express themselves and making choices that makes them feel good. And I love the way you just described the way you help people put together their like personal style. That's so cool. Well, I, I feel like I am like totally like just so informed now. I loved all those tangible pieces of advice. Susan, did you have anything else you wanted to ask Daisy? Um, you know, actually one thing I was thinking and, um, you might not be able to like totally answer this, but are I know you said you like to like shop a lot online. Um, I like. Do you have any recommendations as far as like 
I know if you don't want to answer, this is okay. But my point is <laughs> any like brands or stores or just like like areas because the biggest question that I tend to get asked is like, I don't know where to find clothes that are going to fit me. And I think to your point of like you might have to try on like 50 items to find one thing, that probably means you need to order from like multiple stores. Like you're probably not going to get it from one store. So maybe just even if there's like how many stores do you recommend looking at or any sort of recommendations and finding these places where you can actually find clothes that are going to make you feel better? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll speak to for one one thing is I'll give a disclaimer that I am terrible, terrible, terrible at coming up with things off the top of my head, but I do have a few things coming to me. Um, and I'm just going to mention a few places that are really size inclusive, meaning that they, you know, there's just a whole range of sizes from from small to um, plus size. Most of these, however, are not into extended plus sizes. There, there's very few of those. Um, but and you're right that you should shop from at least three or four different places, you know, just to try and get as many options as you can. I will say Old Navy has done a great job recently. They've really expanded a lot of stuff. And the thing I love about their website is you can see all the clothes on three different sizes of models. And that is just so helpful. I mean, I've talked to so many people and I agree that it's really hard to tell how something's going to look on your body when it's on, you know, a size two model. Um, and so having those size 18 models that you're able to see in the clothes is really, really helpful. Um, Madewell is one of my favorite stores and they've um, extended uh, their line into plus sizes. Universal Standard is one of the stores that is the most size inclusive. Um, and they're just a great company. They have lots of options. Like for instance, you know, it might be a financial barrier to shop the way that I'm talking about, because you do have to have a credit card that you can kind of float a balance on for a few weeks. Um, and so universal standard is one of the great places where you can actually just order a few things just to try without having to pay. And then when you keep them, they charge you. Um, the other thing that Universal Standard does is that they have certain pieces that are kind of their, their most classic pieces that um, if your ch size changes at any point in the future, they'll trade you out. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a really great company. Um, Able is another company that is just now extending into plus sizes, and they're also um, really conscious of their kind of ethical sourcing of, of all of their stuff. Um, and they've just extended and they also have one of those kind of like try before you buy type programs. So those are just a few that, that actually did come to me off the top of my head, even though I said they wouldn't. <laughs> That's okay. I'm actually, I, when people ask me on the spot questions like yeah. that, super specifics, I'm always like, uh, <laughs> <Totally> <laughs> <Let> me... <laughs> I'm like, I can go to my list, you know, and pull that up and tell you all kinds of stuff. But yeah, anyway, this time it worked out. You got, you guys got lucky. Let me let it marinate for like five seconds and see yeah. if anything comes out. But okay, that was like really great tips. Like I have not heard of those, um, some of those places like and having that like try before you buy because actually that was one of the things that I was thinking about as we were like talking about this is like, you know, budget and like, you know, and I know like place, I love Old Navy as well. And I'm, I'm noticing there are certain brands that are pulling more in, like size inclusivity into their branding. And I absolutely love it as well. And some of those places are like lower cost, but like you said, like having, being able to kind of like float a balance on it and that like it, it is something that you have to pay attention to. For sure. Yeah. It's, you know, there's, Unfortunately, there are, you know, and this is something that we have to just acknowledge these barriers to 
finding and wearing the clothes that you love, they're there. I mean, there are financial barriers and there are size barriers and size um, size availability barriers. Um, and there are things that you can do. I mean, shopping secondhand and swapping with friends and, you know, all kinds of things are out there, but it does make it that much harder. You know, we just have to acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes like a little bit more it sounds like it takes a little bit more time and effort to find like some of those like lower cost options or if you do secondhand and you're going into a store, like that's just going to take more time to yeah. find those types of things. Yeah. It's usually, you know, you can invest your time or you can invest money, right? It's like renovating a house or, or anything, any other project that is kind of a long-term, a long-term project like that, unfortunately. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for answering that because I think that's going to be really helpful um, for a lot of people. And I think this whole conversation is just helpful. I love how you're just realistic, (laughs) you know, and like just like bringing that realism to like clothing. Like it's taking the diet culture nonsense and the patriarchy out of clothing and making people be realistic of like, okay, you're going to have to go to like multiple stores. You're going to have to try on like 50 items in order to find a few things that you like. So like just set that up as the standard. So then you're not like walking into one store with the idea that you're going to find exactly what you're looking for and it's going to fit and you're going to like it. Like that's just not realistic. So I, I love that. Yeah, that's so, so awesome. I, and I, I feel like it's like, take what you need, right? It's like, if you need to take the time, then take the time. And Daisy, you had mentioned on the Instagram live, we did like, people shouldn't settle, like they should really try and find like clothing that like honors their identity and makes them feel confident and comfortable. And I thought that was really good advice too. Um, Just because like you said, like it is out there um, and don't like give up on yourself, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. Yes. And also, you know, sometimes you do just have to get by for a little while and that's okay too. And that's, you know, I think, um, I, I always have this constant tension between yes, this idea of like, I want you to have clothes that make you feel great. And also we can't strive for perfectionism, right? That diet culture piece that's there. Um, and so sometimes, uh, you know, your whole wardrobe is not going to necessarily be made up of items that just make you ecstatic. Like you're going to have to have like the hiking pants or the, you know, sports bras, you know, and not everything will spark joy. So, um, and sometimes, especially, I just want to give permission to when you're in a transitional phase, for instance, when you're starting the intuitive eating process, or you've just had a baby or something like that, it really is important to just make sure that you have clothes that fit um, for that time frame. Um, because the worst thing is, not allowing yourself to buy stuff because your body is changing um, and to try to fit back into old clothes is just the worst physical feel. I, I know you guys can identify like it's the worst feeling in the world. Absolutely. I think that's really, really good advice just to kind of honor that like time period when your body's transitioning. That's awesome. Well, Daisy, thank you so much for being here today. Do you want to just share like any, um, we already gave everyone like your website, but do you want to share any like places where you love to connect with people or any special like offers you're having right now or anything with our audience? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm always on Instagram at Mindful Closet. So come hang out with me there for sure. Um, 
you heard about my website already. Um, and I also have a group program. It's called Making Space um, and making space in all the senses of the word, like in your life and your closet um, for new stuff to come in. Um, and that you can find information about that at makingspacecourse.com. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Daisy. Thanks guys for listening. Thank you for joining us. If you are a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to serenamarierd.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive, head over to simplejoyfulnutrition.com to grab your free guide to get started boosting your egg quality.